this is Woodside Church Youth. Yes, people, this is the Woodside Youth Podcast. This week, me and Ollie sat down with Hudson to talk about his preach on the kingdom of God is coming. Yeah, when we sat down with Hudson, we talked about the three kind of main areas where he separated and preached his preaching. So that was discipleship, teaching and healing. So we touched on all those things. And I really got from it that actually this stuff isn't really difficult. It doesn't have to be a massive thing, but actually it can be loads of small acts that all add together and contribute to the kingdom coming. Great. Um, hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll see you all in about 10 seconds. Welcome everyone to the Woodside Youth Podcast. We've got Hudson Willis, as I just said, and he preached this weekend, last weekend, on how the kingdom of God is coming. Uh, and it was great. Uh, but as always, we're going to start with Would You Rather from Kevin. Yep, so this week's Would You Rather is... Would you rather fight 100 duck-sized horses or one horse-sized duck? Ooh... Duck-sized horses, that's a lot. A thousand, a, did you say, or a hundred? A hundred, a hundred. A hundred duck-sized duck horses. horses. It's like horses which are like... How big is a duck? thing is, ducks, ducks are quite, quite big. big. Oh, well, mm, yeah, yeah, quite big. But mm, imagining an, a horse being that of that size, and hundred, yeah? Yeah, a hundred. But one them. duck that is as big as a horse, that's a massive duck. A duck's got a huge beak as well. As a normal sized duck. Imagine as a horse, the size of its beak. Right. I'm struggling to visualise a duck, to be honest. All I can think of is a pigeon, and they're not the same animal. Pigeon? <laughs> Why a pigeon? <laughs> I don't understand no, what's going on in my head. Nowhere near. I reckon I would take my chance with the um, horse-sized duck. Because a hundred, a hundred duck-sized... That's a lot. A hundred. I'm about to just be kicking them away. Yeah, but that's a hundred... For me, I would say it, it, it's a size. Size, you know, it's something big is going to be kind of hard to handle as well. I mean, it says because ducks can fly a bit, they can run a bit. Oh, oh yeah. Um, I won't be able to hide anywhere. So I would rather face hundred sized. I mean, hundred uh, duck sized horses. Probably as as Ollie said, I might be kicking it all over the place. Yeah, but like a duck is quite big, and a hundred of them—that's a lot. You can kick one away. Maybe you can get like till five. Horses, they do run really fast, so... And they're quite, like, big, like, stocky. These aren't skinny horses. Can the duck... Does a duck-sized horse run like a duck duck would or run like a horse would? It would have to run like a horse would, but at a smaller scale. And then a hundred horses would run as fast as a horse but look like a duck. A hundred horses? Oh. I just think that... that a horse-sized duck could just blow you away with it. It could like fling you with its wings and then like eat your head off. I'd still, I'd still take my, I'd take my chances. Yeah, but it's a hundred, a hundred, a hundred duck-sized so horses. What is that? It would got? stamp on you. I would stand my ground against a horse-sized duck. Easy. Like, let, let's put it this way: which is easier to tame? Is it the horse or the duck? Horses, horses. like humans. I reckon you could just have a like a massive family. This isn't. This isn't adopt a hundred duck-sized horses. This is could, fight a hundred duck-sized horses. Plant. <laughs> That's a good number to take on a church plant, a hundred. Um, <laughs> I would have a duck egg when it's uh, 
A horse-sized duck, yeah, definitely. Oh, mm. uh, I didn't think about the ducks laying an egg. I I think I'm gonna have to go for, I'm gonna have to go for the small ones, the hundred-sized, the hundred-sized horses. It's gotta be. Well, you two, you two are wrong and have lost this week's. Would you rather? Well, there you go. Kevin will not be joining us next week because he's going to be killed by a horse-sized duck. So I'll have to find a new ho- co-host. Uh, or um, yeah. I'll see you guys. I'll ju- Probably it'll just be me be next a week. duck sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be hosting the podcast with a duck. That will get views. That will get views. I'll put a video oh, on for that week. Okay, so obviously Hudson continued our series on Look to Jesus. I think it was the fourth preach in the series and he it was titled The Kingdom is Coming. So as always... Hudson's just going to sum up his preach in a minute or so. Yes, the, uh, we've seen the preach on the topic, Kingdom is Coming. Basically, Jesus is continue, continuing his ministry through teaching, through preaching, that is outreach, and through healing people. Um, uh, and that he's now, at the moment, doing through his body while he's ahead, and uh, we being the part of the body, that is the church. So that is Kingdom coming okay so one of the main things i really liked about the preach was that we uh it was obviously split into two into three things and one of them was teaching and discipling others uh and we can see in jesus's life that he obviously discipled a lot of people and that often came from building relationship with people first kind of like showing them who he was as jesus and so even though Jesus isn't physically here with us today, we as his body have an opportunity to represent Jesus in our relationship. So how do you reckon we can best do that kind of in our schools, in general life, in our families, all that kind of stuff? Yeah, well, what we learn from Jesus is that at any age, when you have the ability to trust in Jesus and you have made the decision to follow Jesus, you can disciple people. It begins with um, building relationship with people. It is not yeah. like a, um, what to say. It is not like a, a school or a, in the sense, a teacher and a student. Um, if you see the life yeah. of Jesus, all that we, we observe that from uh, you know from the life of Jesus when you read through the Gospels, how he became, he went down to be with the disciples or the people who picked him, and he lived their life basically. He joined in with everything that they did. Okay. Yeah. They were fishing. He was there in the boat while they were fishing. They mm-hmm. were, you know, whatever they did, he joined along in with that. But the difference was that I've read a, a recently. I read an article where it says, "Be a thermostat, don't be a thermometer." Thermostat is something that sets the temperature. It influences. It is in the yeah. same room, but a thermometer can be in the same room where the thermostat is, but. All that a thermometer does is it just simply reflects what temperature it is. It doesn't change anything. Uh, it just takes it or it is just being influenced and it just reflects what influence it is having. That is not what discipleship is. Discipleship or when you are discipling, you are called to be thermostats where yeah. you are the one. You are in the room in the same place as they are, but you are not being influenced by or badly influenced by them but you are passing on your good influence setting the yeah. tempo setting the vibe that the other people around you gets um caught with it is that yeah. does that make sense isn't that a bit hard in lockdown though so when you talked about jesus like going in and being with his disciples and doing stuff like this and being the thermostat 
like that all sounds great when you can actually meet up with people and when you can actually see each other and you can spend time with each other doing activities but in lockdown isn't that a bit more it is difficult? it is it is not as easy as what it usually is yeah. definitely not but what i mean uh, uh, thing is like this zoom call even this zoom call that we're having this was yeah. not the means by which we were contacting earlier on yeah what i'm saying yeah. is we have become more creative in our way to connect with people for me personally i couldn't connect with people at all through this so what we did was um we were respecting the regulations what was there so i would go in my car my family my household only in my car we would go to our friend's house park outside the car and just uh, you know call them but even that little yeah. thing made them feel valued what we received later on during the day um my yeah. wife and i we received uh, uh, was a text from them saying thank you for remembering us thank yeah. you for thinking about us and then what happens is that builds a trust between the two right. so that's the yeah. most important thing the disciples of jesus trusted jesus absolutely with everything so he is someone mm-hmm. that we could go to at any point for any reason and for anything and everything i think one thing that i really like from what you said hudson was that you made your friends feel valued and that's so powerful and so important especially in lockdown and making people feel valued isn't just limited to face to face contact even though that might be the best way to do it or you can you could send a gift to someone's house there's loads of ways you can do that Perfect, or even yes. making feel someone feel valued can just be dropping them a text and making them feel like you've remembered them mm-hmm. and we hold such power in making people feel valued no matter what form that is we represent jesus by doing that cuz actually yeah. god is as much as i'm proud of the youth god is so proud of them as much as i would love love my mom and my friends god loves them more so we're just representing a tiny slice of what god feels about them but that's powerful and that's about how make how we can make them feel valued i think another thing that um i think it's quite nice to hear or to make someone feel valued is um knowing that someone's praying for you so letting people know that um i'm just dropped them sick saying hey I'm thinking about you this morning just praying for you i i quite yeah. like those texts just like someone knowing someone's just praying for me and also when someone messages you saying um well if like when you have that trust with someone and you say is there anything that I can pray for you and for like for people that's big because it means someone is worrying if someone is worrying about you and someone is taking it to someone even bigger who well, we think is even bigger who can handle all those worries as well i think that's another like little thing yes actually yeah words words kind words or even the words bring great change that's what i've seen through this lockdown and one thing i would say about this we we're calling it discipleship because that's what we saw jesus do in terms of the kingdom coming but often that word can in the church can seem quite big and scary and something that has to be arranged but actually i hope that you realize that this is something that you don't have to have an official official thing say I'm now going to disciple this person but discipleship is almost a way of living as Christians it's an attitude and the way that we we represent God so I would say it doesn't have to be the serious thing that is no. only coming from the leaders but it comes from everyone yeah. and you don't have to wait for someone to ask for it if God might say to you oh I've got this verse for someone so go for it and God might not even say I've got this verse for someone you might just think you know I'm be a sense on this verse and that's that's as much discipleship as a, as an official thing as well. Yeah, so the next bit in your um like three main things for your preach. The first one was 
uh, teaching and the, there was another one called preaching where um, you talked about extending the invite. Do you want to tell us a bit more about what you mean by that? Well, yes, preaching means, um, yes, there is uh, people gifted with the gift of preaching who does that and people always, you know, kind of get their mind around, oh, preaching means someone uh, something that's been done in the front, in a, on a stage, you know, with a mic and all that. It necessarily doesn't have to be like that, you see. You can do it anywhere you are, especially outside the church. There's something called the gathered church. There's something called the scattered church. Gathered church is when we all come together. Yeah. We don't just remain there, we move out. We go yeah. into our yeah. families, we go into our schools, we go into our playgrounds, we go into everywhere in the uni and all the place around, you see. And that is yeah. what is called gather. You and I are the ambassadors of Christ, or you and I are the, are the carriers of the gospel. A simple prayer during the day when you go out, say, when you're going to school or in your family, and says, Lord, just use me today. Just use me today. Give me opportunities where I can yeah. find, you know, and then I can just share about you to people. So he will mm. break through in situations like that. He will yeah. break through in situations like that. And he will definitely make opportunity or he will help you find opportunities always around us. God will help through the Holy Spirit. That's why we have the Holy Spirit to help us, you see. So he's going to help us find the opportunity. Yeah. Hey, you don't seem normal today. Something going on yeah. mm. with you or anything wrong. Um, uh, if you want to share, just absolutely share. Yeah, I think that's when... It's really good if we have that trust. If you have that relationship from like small bits of discipleship, you then can enter those conversations and be like, actually, I've noticed because I know you, I, I kind of know where you're at. I've noticed you're a bit down. Do you mind if I pray for you? It doesn't, the, the phrase I want to get over is that actually the result, what they, whether they say yes or no, doesn't matter. But it's the fact that you've been bold and you've stepped out and you've been obedient to the call yeah. on your life to to preach and to extend the invite god will be so proud of you for doing that and it doesn't matter really on for yourself whether they say yes you can pray for me or no you can't it's the it's the obedience that you've done so well in doing i think often especially when you're young you go to like this the, the new days and the catalyst festivals and often like they'll talk about oh do you have the call to the nations or what's god's massive call on your life and actually the biggest call on every christian's life is to it says to go and make disciples and that is telling people about Jesus. And one of the most yeah. anointed holy moments of your week will always be, you know, you'll, you might walk into church, you'll celebrate, you'll praise Jesus, you'll learn. But then the most important way, part is when we all leave again and the church then scatters and we can all go and affect our own personal bubbles. And that's not, doesn't, that doesn't have to be a massive call that someone will say from the front. That's, that's what the Bible calls us to do as Christians and we will have great impact doing that. So the last kind of main section of your preach was about healing and how in Jesus's ministry, he went, he went around and healed everyone he touched and that we have the authority to do the same things Jesus did and expand the kingdom. But often I find that it can be very difficult to pray faithfully that healings will happen, knowing that I've been personally and I know others that have been disappointed when they've prayed and healings haven't happened. I'm kind of just wondering whether you have any advice on how to approach that if you know what I mean. To simplify it, I'll just say a few points, see how it uh, helps you guys. Uh, one thing is, we don't have a definite answer on it, in the sense you can't just say this is because we are not God. You see, God is all wisdom. 
what people take into account at that moment is the parameter. You know, there are different parameters. One parameter they take is God is almighty. Is he able to heal? Mm -hmm. He is able to heal. Then why he didn't heal? The only thing that is taken into account there is the power of healing of God. But actually, with that, equally uh, valuable parameter is God is all wise as well. He knows what he's doing. Then we have yeah. God is all sovereign. And then we have God is the God of time. In his time, he makes beautiful things beautiful. So he Very has his good. timings in how he does things. So when you add all these parameters, you see different. It doesn't have to be exactly. The reason why disappointment comes when healing doesn't happen is because mm -hmm. I'm looking for my timing. You see, my focus okay. is on my timing. Okay, I want it now. I did it. I prayed and it didn't happen. So I come to a conclusion. But that's not how we deal with it. First of all, healing, the word healing, when they said Jesus healed all kind of sickness and healed, the, word, it, it, the root word for it comes as a therapy. It's basically a treatment for a disorder to restore yeah. back to normal. Yeah. So it is not just physical. It is mental. It's emotional. It's spiritual. It's physical as well. What, one thing I can uh, very surely say, uh, but don't ask me why, but what the Bible says is that there is a reason behind everything. If God didn't want that to happen at this moment, right now, while we are in this world, there is a purpose behind it. If he yeah. wants that to happen now and it has happened now, there is a purpose behind it. He's all sovereign. He's all wise. And he's the best with the timing. And he knows what he's doing. He never makes mistakes and tries to sort it out or make up for his mistakes. No, he does everything perfectly. But so how do we comfort those who pray for healing and don't get it in this time? So, well, I think we all come across people who have prayed for healing or we will at some point who have prayed for healing and you want to do something for them and you want to comfort them. Yes. How do we practically do that? Right. It's... I'm not saying it's simple, but one thing we need to bear in mind when we do that, when we do that, it's not you or I who's comforting. If right. we take that shoes, if we yeah. uh, assume that position, then we're going to be hit hard. We're going to struggle yeah. with that. We need to understand the fact it is God who comforts. How he does That's that, he has his own way of doing it. He has his own way of doing it. All that I would... Or what I need to do is rely on him completely. I can see they've been expecting healing. It didn't happen at this moment. We can't see it. But Lord, what should I do? Should I say something? Or should I go and hug someone? Yeah. Or should I, you know, literally acts of kindness or being there for them? Yeah. yeah. We don't know how it is. But I believe when God wants to comfort someone who's really... Uh, what to say, looking for it. And when you are there to bring God's, you know, breaking God's kingdom into their life, yeah. he will get the wisdom of what to do. I think it's the difference between like being empathetic and sympathetic in a time like this. You're not, you're not trying to fix problems. You're just trying to get on their level. I, I so once described as trying to go down into the same pit that they're in. It's not like throwing a ladder down to them. It's literally getting down into the pit with them. And just being with them in that in that pit, literally just feeling what 
they're feeling because like and then but then if you try to come out with different phrases to help them out to try to lift up their mood you start I think it does start to put some kind of distance between them because it's hard to come at it from an angle where you start talking without feeling what they're feeling yet you can't you can't just shout stuff from the top of the pit you gotta go into the pit and be there with them Basically, there's no protocol as such. This is what we do. Step one, we do this. Step two, do this. No, yeah. what? Basically, I believe that every situation and every person is unique. Mm. And every person handles every situation uniquely in a different way. Yeah. The beauty is God knows their uniqueness. And he knows how to answer. He's the only solution. Someone told me yeah. this. Jesus is like a caretaker. You know, uh, in, a, in, a, in a school building, you would have seen in a school building, uh, your caretaker or someone who's got a bunch mm-hmm. of keys, huge. That yeah. person has a key for literally every room. Anything you want, any room, any place in that building you want to go to, you go and ask that person, he has the key. He has the key bunch and it's with him and it's huge. Jesus is very similar to that. He has the answer for everything. He has the key for every, every uh, situation. So he knows yeah. and that is why it is so important for us to rely on him and ask him for help and do it along with him, along with the Holy Spirit, keeping in step with the Holy Spirit, doing with the Holy Spirit, help yeah. me. I'm going to, um, this person, pray for this person, um, pray for healing. I pray that in your name, I believe and have faith for healing. If yeah. that doesn't happen, just give us the wisdom mm-hmm. to how to handle the situation or help them support and feel belonged, yeah. feel valued. Um, uh, yeah, you, you just pray that and God will give you the wisdom then what to do. Yeah. I think that's it's good because I think we talked. You talked about how the Holy Spirit is our helper and how we can trust. We have to. We have to first of all trust God that He will be the Comforter, that He will bring them up out of whatever they're going through. But I think one phrase that we've talked about a lot on the podcast is that there's power in gentleness, and you don't need to go in all guns blazing saying mm-hmm. this, 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 this. But actually, a gentle arm around the shoulder is sometimes all that need, all that needs, and that's a great place to start. Just saying, I'm here for you. Yeah. Going back to that relationship, kind yeah. of like just knowing yes. that you're present and that nothing that's happened has changed anything of their identity, of what you think of them, of what God thinks of them, and kind of just being really gentle about it. I think that's a great place to start. Um, and then trusting yeah. God that He will be the great comforter. Because it doesn't say, and mm. Kevin Devotula will be the great comforter of blah, 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 blah. But actually, if Kevin Devotula can point them to the great comforter, that's an amazing thing we can do in those times. The only other thing I want to add is it can have two impacts, actually. One on the person who hasn't received the healing right? and yeah. one on yourself as well. The, what we've been talking about, when the person who hasn't received healing, how you support them. The other important, equally important thing is that you've gone in faith to pray in the name of Jesus and it hasn't happened and then you think, oh no, oh dear, now... Maybe I don't have the gift of healing. Maybe then why did God? So, so many questions come. The next time you want to pray for someone, you hesitate. Oh, well, hang on. Hang on. Maybe I'll call my friend or I'll send them to my pastor or send them to someone, you know. I don't want to pray. You say it has an impact on yourself as well. Mm. Don't hold back. Just trust in Jesus. Just trust in Jesus. That's like Oli said, isn't it? Like God is just looking for your obedience more than anything. Obedience is success, not the result. So like every week, we're going to do our golden nuggets of practicality. So based on what we've talked about and what we've seen in the preach, what do you guys have for like 
one practical thing that really stood out for me, helpful, and I would encourage all of you guys to do that, is that intentional stepping out. Nothing just happens just like that. God is not someone who is going to control you, just suddenly break into you and just go and, you know, use yeah. your mouth to speak to someone or do something through you. No, it doesn't happen that way. Yeah. It is always an intentional effort. I think mine would be uh, praying for wisdom. I think that whether it comes to comforting someone or um, just praying for who you think you can invite to the Alpha course or just how you're going to um, talk to this person about inviting them to church or whatever, it's just going to be praying for wisdom this week, just praying for God's wisdom to guide you mm -hmm. in whatever you do. My golden nugget of practicality will be to embrace <laughs> the easiness of the call to introduce people to Jesus, to disciple others and... It doesn't have to be this massive thing, but it can just be gentle, small acts. And it's, it, it can be easy, to, and that makes it easy to step out and easy to get wisdom. It doesn't have to be this massive, scary thing, but it can be bringing Jesus to others in everyday life. I hope you have enjoyed the episode. Hudson, thanks for coming on. We've loved thank having you. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week. See ya. See you next week, guys. See you guys. Thank you very much. Thanks for joining us. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com or follow us on social media.